from the creator economy to the end of Bretton Woods and the origins of the metaverse. This is the UAE Tech Podcast Web3 edition. Tune in for cutting edge interviews on how blockchain is reshaping cyberspace, finance and culture from here in Dubai and cities around the world. whole you know environment is, is getting I don't know more interesting more creative um, I had seen this already in Berlin um, mm. no, you know if you look in the past as I, I was living uh, previously in Berlin and uh, if you look into the past of Berlin uh, especially how Berlin uh, developed from the 80s on after uh, the war you know going down and um, yeah real estate was very cheap and uh, then slowly artists from all over the world were moving into the city because they couldn't afford you know their artist studios anymore in in New York or in London and the artist scene infused Berlin with this very special vibe of you know creativity and from there slowly a startup scene was evolving and um, yeah, to some extent, Berlin was also uh, one of these amazing hubs in the, you know, in, in, in the startup world. And also then later on in the, in the early, you know, days of kind of blockchain technology. However, things have also changed in Germany. And uh, obviously the, you know, pandemic uh, was also a catalyst for a change uh, that I would say was not very fortunate for Germany and uh, especially also where Berlin lost a little bit of its um, very creative vibes. What is now interesting for me to see is that now that I'm here in Dubai, in Dubai, everyone always said, oh, yeah, it's, you know, a little bit artificial, you know, the, it's, it's with all the shopping malls and everything. But no, there is already a new Dubai developing. I already see the same little, you know, these beautiful vibes of creativity, also uh, like little seeds, you know, popping up here and there. When it comes to Web3, it feels like something shifted during COVID-19. Not only did European capitals to some extent slip behind, but Dubai established itself as an increasingly attractive destination for innovators across the spectrum, particularly in blockchain. Today we're talking to Melanie, founder of the Word of Mouth Protocol and a collaborative event that connects creators, founders and artists. The event is called Superverse. It recently made a big splash in Dubai where it succeeded in doing something quite difficult, which is connecting the city's tech industry with the creative class. So what's it been like arriving in Dubai at the intersection of tech, Web3 and creativity? What's it like moving here with a family? Finally, how can Dubai overcome stereotypes to build on recent momentum and establish itself both as a home for Web3 innovation and a major component of the emerging metaverse economy? Today we're talking to Melanie Moore, the founder of Superverse and the One Protocol. Melanie, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, you're based in Dubai, so what is your story and how do you find yourself in Dubai today? So thanks for having me here on this podcast. Super excited to share my story. Um, well, I would say I kind of already uh, fell in love with the whole region uh, some years ago. I was on and off in the UAE uh, for at least the last uh, five years. 
and uh, traveled here frequently, started building relationships um, with founders, but um, in the tech scene, also investors here out of the region. And at the end, even for uh, my company, uh, One Protocol got also investment here out of the region which was pretty exciting. It took me a little bit of time to uh, carve the stone, but at the end, uh, it's all a trust building process. And uh, yeah, it was just wonderful to see we are, you know, as a female founder in the tech space that I'm also getting support here from, from investors from the region. And um, meanwhile, I also am mainly really here in Dubai and have kind of settled and uh, also my family uh, is here my son is going to school I really enjoy the whole atmosphere here this you know the also the warm weather even if some are sometimes complaining that it's too hot but I I, I kind of made for the desert um, I feel and uh, no I really enjoy the whole uh, environment, uh, the people, uh, yeah, this uh, also the thriving, innovative um, thinking mindset when it comes to Web3 technology, which is the technology I'm very passionate about. Yeah, well, we need to get into Supervised to One Protocol to, to Web3. But before we do that, I think, you know, beginning on a, a personal note might actually be really interesting for some of our listeners because. You know, this is in the background of, of uh, what a, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they come to Dubai, you know, they want to know what's it like to, to get an apartment here? What's it like to settle down here and arrive here? What's it like if you've got kids and you want to put them in school? And you'd be amazed at how many times I've been asked those kind of questions. And, it, you know, in a way, in a, in a logical way, the UAE Tech Podcast actually probably should have done an episode on this. You know, I mean, we're, our mandate is talking about the technology ecosystem, but simply the fact that, you know, you can come to Dubai, you can find investors, you can put the kid in school, um, you can be happy, even though I have to say the weather right now is is a little bit hot, even for me, and I've spent a decade in, in the Middle East. Um, that is all kind of interesting because, you know, all of those little things mean a lot to entrepreneurs, particularly if they've come from Europe and the United States, particularly they're looking for opportunities in Web3. So I guess what you're saying is, you, you know, it's not just going well in terms of business, but the family are okay and you're enjoying where you live. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I have to say that I also got a lot of support uh, as I said, I had already built relationships a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, over the last uh, couple of years. And so I'm here also part of uh, a very um, great ecosystem called uh, Crypto Oasis, uh, which is built by some amazing investors and founders um, that are really helping this ecosystem here to grow. And they also embraced me, also gave me kind of my first initial help here to um, get accommodated with everything, to find the right places. Uh, and, you know, just this normal daily life of, you know, where to do also your groceries or where yeah. uh, to go, uh, yeah, where you find some nice restaurants. And um, just knowing that I have already some nice friends here also in town was obviously a great help. But it's, it is so growing the last, uh, you know, I would say, especially the last 12 months. I mean, we have seen uh, so many great 
people, founders, uh, you know, moving here to Dubai, um, especially in this, you know, innovative tech field of, of Web3 and blockchain technology, um, there, it, it really developed into this international hub. And therefore, making friends now here, especially in my in this industry is, is super easy. There are every day some events going on and you can network and socialize and figure out also all the, you know, the very important things for your daily life when exchanging with uh, these people. Yeah, that is important. Um, I mean, I think there's a couple of things there that, that I can share too. I think um, during COVID-19 in particular, there was already before COVID-19, a lot of blockchain work happening in Dubai at the government level and also the private sector level. So you had a combination of banks working in blockchain, you had the Dubai government passing um, blockchain laws, you had kind of a digital Dubai, formerly smart Dubai working on blockchain. But during COVID-19, because of the regulatory environment and because Dubai was relatively one of the most open cities in the world, you had a, a fantastic amount of the kind of crypto and blockchain ecosystem moving out to that city. And that was something I saw on a massive scale. As you said, um, a lot of the tech networking events kind of merged into that space. And then what's happened over the past, well, maybe 12 to 18 months is of course, but mainly 12 months actually, is you've had this discussion on the metaverse kind of merging with the blockchain and, and, and a lot of the crypto guys, and a lot of the, the people who were interested in that space, those two almost merged. And you had a last year, I don't know if you attended JITEX, but you know, the metaverse yes. was, was, yeah, it was one of the big discussions at that conference. Yeah. And it really came out of nowhere, you know, because in, you know, in June, in 21 June, uh, Mark Zuckerberg came out with the metaverse. Um, I was working with some partners on some research on the metaverse. But before June last year, that was still seen as slightly weird out there research. And now, as you said, you know, there's a whole ecosystem being built out around Web3, um, around some of these new networks, and, and also there's a discussion on the metaverse. And But I also agree with one of the things you've said, which I think is something we probably, again, need to talk about on the UA Tech podcast in terms of kind of what it's like to live in Dubai and the kind of soft skills. It's very much a relationship economy as well. You know, it's not just transactional. Dubai is a place where you can build relationships and increasingly people are staying because one of the weaknesses in the past is you'd come to Dubai, you'd all meet for a conference and then it, you'd all go back to your respective locations. And I think what's changing is with Web3 is that people are coming and they're staying. Um, and that's that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, it's just the, the whole, you know, environment is, is getting, I don't know, more interesting, more creative. Um, I had seen this already in Berlin. Um, mm. no, you know, if you look in the past, as I, I was living uh, previously in Berlin. And uh, if you look into the past of Berlin, uh, especially how Berlin uh, developed from the 80s on after the war you know going down and um yeah real estate was very cheap and uh then slowly artists from all over the world were moving into the city because they couldn't afford you know their artist studios anymore in in new york or in london and the artist scene infused berlin with this very special vibe of you know creativity and from there slowly a startup scene was evolving 
And um, yeah, to some extent, Berlin was also uh, one of these amazing hubs in the, you know, in, in, in the startup world and also then later on in the, in the early, you know, days of kind of blockchain technology. However, things have also changed in Germany. And uh, obviously, the you know pandemic uh, was also a catalyst for a change uh, that I would say was not very fortunate for Germany, and uh, especially also where Berlin lost a little bit of its um, very creative vibes. What is now interesting for me to see is that now that I'm here in Dubai, in Dubai, everyone always said, oh, yeah, it's, you know, a little bit artificial, you know, the, it's, it's with all the shopping malls and everything. But no, there is already a new Dubai developing. I already see the same little, you know, these beautiful vibes of creativity, also uh, like little seeds, you know, popping up here and there that are nice cafes. There are already now also very interesting co-working spaces meets gallery spaces like the Foundry. Um, there is, uh, interestingly, just in front of my door uh, in a park, a little cafe that is funnily from Berlin called The Barn, you know, where you have excellent cafe and you're sitting under a tree and uh, you can have your, I don't know, a networking event uh, under a tree um, with fabulous coffee and meet some you know interesting people and all of this is now happening also in dubai this is a totally new you know dubai that we can see here and uh, if you look into the dubai future foundation i mean which which uh you know city which uh country has something similar to that you know a foundation where you're really exploring uh, you know, envisioning what the future is looking like and, and how can we um, create a, you know, a good environment for humanity in, in, in the decades and in, in years, centuries to come. I think a lot of things that are currently happening here in Dubai are very, very special. And sensitive people from the tech industry will just um, feel it, sense it, and I can see they are already embracing it. Yeah, that is really interesting, particularly um, the note on Berlin at the beginning um, and how creativity is also shifting east and, and, and is finding a home in, in global hubs like Dubai. But let's begin with Berlin and talk a little bit about Superverse, because Superverse is a place for creators, founders, and artists, and of course, Anyone who knows um, Europe relatively well will know that Berlin has, has long been a massive creative hub, a massive, a massively creative and energetic city. Um, I know from my own experience, uh, a, a long time ago now, um, I attended one of the first um, VR events, uh, virtual reality events in Palo Alto and Palma Lucky. Um, the, the founder of Oculus Rift was giving a presentation on virtual reality. And I was surprised when I was there that a significant amount, I'd say at least half of the foreign kind of foreigners who, who traveled to the States to go to that conference were from Berlin or were from Germany. Um, yeah. And I found this re really interesting. Um, and, and I was so impressed with not only the, the level of English, but the level of technical competence and, and, and the, 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 you know that the skill sets that I saw, um, I, I was so impressed. So it makes sense for for you know for 
for people from Berlin or from people of the tech industry to move out there. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about what is Superverse? How did it get started? Um, what's the story behind Superverse? Yeah, um, well, Superverse evolved out of, uh, especially last year, my path with uh, my company, One Protocol, slowly embedding the technology in Web 2 and Web 3 products and uh, starting to scale. And when you're scaling Web3 technology, you're always um, encountering a hurdle of adoption because uh, you try to onboard new users and new users have to be to, to some extent also crypto native or crypto savvy. You have to educate a lot of people in what is this, you know, what are the advantages of Web3 technology? What does it mean to take more ownership, uh, you know, of your data or of your assets? And um, I started um, then in 2021 with an additional educational approach. So besides building technology, implementing it and scaling it and onboarding users, also educating users. And we did it first in the U.S., and started building creator houses, so-called influencer houses. I don't know, are you familiar with this term of an influencer house? No, I, well, it, you know, it, not really. In Dubai, obviously, and, and other cities, you have kind of these villas where you have kind of social media influencers living together and, yes. you know, but that might be, it sounds a bit different to what you're it's, describing. Yeah, it we sounds basically- more, What you're describing more, yeah, it sounds more like an artist residency, but for techies, what you're describing. <laughs> Or, yeah, it was not so much for techies, but really for content creators. Um, oh, because the, yeah, because our, you know, technology is very, very much uh, empowering creators to earn and monetize um, their content in a new way and also publishers to monetize it in a new way. And therefore, we had to educate, you know, creators first. And the influencer houses in LA were basically where, you know, renting a house, letting some creators move in. Um, they are creating their content and I used the time to educate them. And uh, while educating them, then they had uh, creator days where more creators were coming over. So I had more creators to educate them in the basics of what is a wallet, what is crypto, what are NFTs, uh, what is a metaverse, you know, what is a social game, etc. All these basics. And uh, these creator days, creator events were growing from 12 people to 20 people to 50 people to 200 people. And at the end, we had even events with music artists coming in. We had Tory Lanez, we had Jeezy, we had, uh, you know, amazing Chris Brown and amazing artists also at our events. And so the, this, these events were growing from, you know, 50 people to 200 to 2000. And uh, then when I uh, came here to Dubai and basically moved here to Dubai, I decided, okay, what can I do now with this amazing learning, how to educate uh, creators and artists? And at the same time, um, how can we bring them on board on way more projects, not only my project and or, you know, my company, but also open this uh, opportunity of collaboration also up for more Web3 companies. And that was the idea of Superverse, to create a new format of a conference, of a Web3 summit, where creators, influencers with large reach can also join in and come together, learn from Web3 founders and from the Web3 space, 
And at the same time, we all together can carve the message and bring it to adoption, bring it to more people. So um, our, our conference is very more confrontainment. Uh, so where you learn something, where you also get entertainment because we bring these influences in, a lot of fun performances and music and fashion show and, um, and also more activations where the people who are attending can feel what is a metaverse? How does it look like? How can I explore it? What is digital fashion? Where can I use digital fashion? How does it feel, look like when I'm wearing it? And so um, um, much um, a summit where um, you can experience and uh, enjoy and uh, learn in a, in a very fun way very consumer oriented versus a lot of the blockchain crypto conferences that I had also attended previously, where it was way more B2B. That's true. And what's kind of fascinating about this is it's great hearing about kind of the music and, and, you know, the influencer houses in a way they're in, in one way, they're very new, but in another way, they're very old because artists have always throughout history found you know, boulevards or streets or houses or areas where they can congregate together and share creativity yes. and get energy off each other. I was visiting a place yesterday here in the UK where you had J.M. Barry um, and some of the most famous writers in English history all hanging out in the Cotswolds together, you know, and it was just amazing <laughs> seeing yeah. this small artist's street where some of the you know greatest novelists had, had come up through. And I was unaware of it until I visited yesterday. So in a way, that that structure and the fact that it was uh, quickly you know attracting global artists has, has taken place in the past. But I think one thing that you seem to be doing that's very new is putting that together into a conference and also merging that with a discussion on Web3 and the metaverse. So I wanted to ask you two things. The first is, what is, do you think artists are very quickly jumping into this space? And particularly, specifically, what is the relationship between Web3 and the metaverse and musicians and artists and creative people? Why is this, why does this seem to be a very strong link between those two things? Well, I think, you know, um, because there, we all sense that, there is something broken in Web 2. That there, for some reason, was not from the beginning, from the get-go, a fairer value exchange be between the people who have um, populated uh, digital spaces and helped them, yeah, infuse them with creativity. May it be video content, uh, picture-based content, text messages, or music. Um, that uh, these people were not really fairly rewarded from the get-go. Slowly, this is now changing. I mean, we see now also creator, different creator payment models now from all the you know larger social networks uh, popping up here and there. I think they all have re-sought you know, their um, value exchange with these creators. How important are all the YouTube content creators to YouTube or to Facebook, the, you know, uh, the people who are daily using the platform and posting there. And I think this um, feeling of there is something broken. Um, I am not getting a fair value exchange for the content that I'm delivering. 
um, on based on which all of these platforms have grown to huge advertising tools and places and made you know crazy amounts of of ad money and ad revenues but there was not you know this fair exchange uh, towards uh, the creators and with the music industry i think this is a little bit the same thing you know that in, in that music artists are um, sometimes you know you you have to be a very um, popular and and already let's say big music artists to really earn um, a good amount of money but there are you know millions out there creative music artists that are not earning uh, enough money that cannot really survive based on their talent and uh, but they are already delivering to culture and to creating an interesting environment in many of these digital platforms and therefore i think um, this is now the the biggest learning out of the web 2 space that we need to democratize it we need to find a fairer um, value exchange for it and understand how important it is and i'm not only speaking about you know the 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 artist i, I really speak about everyone because at the end um we are all you know to some extent somehow having a talent for creativity this is not you know it's not everyone you know uh, who is an artist um was uh just you know born as an artist i think actually everyone is an artist it is just you know different you have different possibilities to express yourself and um to monetize what you're doing and um and i think slowly we are moving into this that there's a better understanding that uh, creativity in the digital space um, needs to be valued differently. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. You know, talking about the pain points, you know, the role of advertising and the algorithm, um, you know, almost shaping what creators have to make, particularly in, in, you know, areas like news where they have to create content that kind of feeds the algorithm. Um, the lack of long form content and you know getting long form content to get to to receive money which platforms like substack even though they are web2 for now mm. have tried to address um you know deplatforming um the inability to kind of often get micro payments i mean you know in europe that's that's a bit easier but in parts of the world like even you know the gcc but in, increasingly the, the levant for a long time incredibly hard for amazingly talented creatives and just so you know for background there are some amazing creatives in the levant in countries like jordan and, and lebanon and beirut yes and you would not believe the historic almost trouble they have had to monetize you would be amazed at the kind of geo restrictions and things they face in those markets that are completely arbitrary really because <laughs> you know yeah. a, a, a couple hundred miles away it's not a problem um, so I think, you know, and there's, 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 we can go on and on about those pain points, but I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, that's one of the most exciting things for, for Web3 and, and its underlying infrastructure. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about that on, on the episode, but I, on, on the podcast, but I think it is, it is fascinating. Um, one of the discussions I've had with, uh, Vesa, who's an NFT artist that you might, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, possibly I know him. Yeah. Vesa, he was also at, at Superverse. <laughs> great. He I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw him there actually. Superverse. 
Yeah, and very articulate. I love the way he talks about art. And, and we talked a lot about these pain points. And, and But another thing we talked about, uh, which I think is fascinating, particularly within the context of our NFTs, was, um, was this discussion that all of those Web2 pain points exist, but we can't just be a reaction against Web2. We also want to kind of build a new creative movement, new forms of creativity that haven't been seen before. Um, ideas and movements that don't necessarily concord with what came in the past or reflect kind of, you know, uh, the history of, um, you know, it, uh, either Western history or whatever, European history or Eastern history, but we want to create some new art forms for a new generation. And one of the things Vesa talks about is like the canon. We can't just take the existing art canon and put it onto Web3. We have to create new forms of music, new forms of art, new forms of, um, you know, creative output that aren't just based on technology, but are, you know, creative things that people love that have been enhanced by, by Web3. And I think the metaverse in particular is a very exciting place to experiment with that because it's so new. So what are your thoughts on that, on Web3, not just being a reaction against Web2, but a place to engender entirely new forms of art and creativity that perhaps haven't been seen before? a new shift in kind of art and creative history. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, what uh, the ones who are already populating, you know, some of the metaverses where you can already, let's say, really do something and engage with other um, people and users um, are saying is that um, it is a new level of creative expression, you know, because um, you are... Um, let's say, I mean, by basically not being bound to the physical world, right? Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can fly, you can, um, you know, teleport kind of yourself from one, um, from one land to the next one. Um, you can um, participate, um, you know, in fancy costumes and change whatever you want to wear in um, a blink in a, in a second and therefore um, there are way, totally new options of uh, us to engage and to express ourselves and to um, show facets of our character and I think this is something which uh, the ones who are already you know getting these immersive experiences enjoy uh, this new freedom you know for your yeah, for creative expression and creative engagement and collaboration. Yeah, and it is a kind of new freedom. Um, I don't know if you've read that essay on a thousand fans, but one of the arguments for that is as well, you know, in Web2, you'd have to build up a massive following. You'd have to work to get your follower count up. But in Web3, if you're a small artist somewhere in the world and you're creating really good content and you have a small base of fans at the very least a thousand and, and those thousand fans are prepared to pay could be five dollars could be five hundred dollars or more but the point is if you've got a small base of even a thousand fans or two thousand fans who are prepared to pay a little bit for your work then that can be a sustainable enterprise for a writer or a creative artist what do you think of that that thesis that a thousand fans thesis is that something that you think is exciting 
Yeah, and this is basically what uh, I also have with WOM protocol, which stands for word of mouth protocol, build a whole okay. technology around it. Yeah, it is uh, at the end, you know, uh, giving me as a creator the freedom to really recommend um, projects, products, um, I mean, whatever I like. And as I'm maybe not having a large following, uh, the most important thing is that um, usually when I re recommend something to you and we know each other, then there is already a trust relation. But how could my recommendation already also matter to someone who doesn't know me? And therefore, we have created a whole system of how to authenticate, identify this, uh, you know, the trustworthiness, the quality of a recommendation. And after um, this authentication of a piece of content has happened, uh, it is available also for brands and for marketeers or affiliates, uh, you know, to see the content, to use the content and to give it a boost and give it reach. And so content that usually would only find um, a way to my friends and family members can now be really useful as a recommendation also to many more people. And I can monetize not only with my original reach, which is maybe just my few friends and my family members, but uh, now I can see, oh, my content goes viral. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it is getting seen by more people and getting more engagement. And at the end, it's a useful recommendation that might also help the brand, uh, you know, could be a sneaker brand, could be a Web3 product, could be an NFT, could be uh, really... We are Web 2 and Web 3 agnostic, but at the end, it can get scale, which it couldn't get before. This is the whole protocol that we have built. And so I truly believe that, you know, nanoscale, uh, I mean, word of mouth and nanoscale is basically the, the base, you know, where we found already a trusted environment. But the interesting part will be, I think, in the future that now trusted content that only has a small reach can still be scalable. And this is, is, you know, where, where we were looking in too. Hmm? Absolutely love that. Melanie, we should have led with one protocol, word of mouth protocol. I had, that is so interesting. So, I mean, what, is that an open protocol? Can anyone use it? Is it proprietary? What is the, you know, quick 10, 20 second pitch for, for one protocol? Yeah. So uh, we believe in decentralization that comes in stages, especially when you're building a protocol that should be, you know, that can be used in Web 2 and Web 3. Um, you need to first uh, start centralized and slowly, slowly bring it to decentralization. And this is what we are doing with one protocol. Uh, we started now building it centralized, testing of centralized and now we have built all the SDKs and APIs that already any uh, website, e-commerce platform, publishing platform, content creator platform can use it, can integrate it easily. And uh, then the next level is uh, obviously to slowly transform it into a so-called decentralized autonomous organization into a DAO. And I hope that at a certain moment in time, I as a founder will not be important anymore <laughs> and that uh, people can just grab the protocol, integrate it and do and, you know, do everything that it was meant to be, yeah, to, to help creators, publishers and, and also content validators to monetize and to bring trusted relationship 
um, between all of these participants. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a way to go. You know, it is a way to go. Uh, Bitcoin, for example, started, you know, decentralized from scratch, right? We know that. Um, everyone can grab it, can, you know, be a node, miner, whatever. You can uh, decide what kind of role you want to play in this uh, Bitcoin universe, in this Bitcoin economy. Uh, but it's also a relatively simple use case, you know, just uh, transferring um, a digital, you know, form of money or asset uh, from A to B. Um, and in our case, it's a little bit more a complex protocol um, that needs potentially a little bit more time, you know, for uh, also adoption that slowly more, you know, publishing platforms think, oh, this is a new way to monetize. I do not have to show my users ads anymore. I can actually show them user-generated content with product recommendations that have higher conversion because it looks more natural in, in a feed. You know, this is uh, uh, what, what we have built this whole thing for. It's not only for the creators, but also for the platforms to allow them a better user experience because everyone is annoyed by all of these ads. I mean... I don't know, I guess you also know the skip button on YouTube and, you know, on uh, the swipe finger when you see an ad, you're swiping it up. And we thought, okay, what kind of content would people not skip? What would they like to watch? But still content that advertisers, brands can use for advertising because obviously everyone who's building products, no matter if it's a car or fashion or a protocol or NFT marketplace, Everyone wants some people who use the products, customers. And the question is always how to reach them. And we believe uh, that the ad-based um, model is, is kind of not working anymore. You know, this is what we have, I think, in the marketing industry seen now over so many years that people want to skip the ad, don't want to watch it, um, that uh, yeah, totally. just don't want to waste the time. Yeah, and... I but still right. the platforms yeah. need to monetize, yeah. YouTube needs to monetize, Facebook needs to monetize, or, you know, everyone needs to monetize. And so the question is, what kind of content is more natural? Yeah, I, think, I think you're right for the platform. You're definitely right for publishers, um, from a book recommendation to, to music and, and things like that. And one of, I guess one of the lessons of Web2 and one of the ironies is that even as AI becomes, you know, more efficient, people have much more trust for a human review uh, particularly if it's someone where it's not always sponsored, you know, someone who reviews books for a living and specializes on sci-fi, if I'm interested in sci-fi, I'm going to follow that person and probably see what they have to say. A great example is the gaming space where, you know, some of these YouTube gaming reviewers have millions or hundreds of millions of viewers, and they might even focus on just one facet of the gaming industry. Um, and, uh, you know, I realized that that recently. Um, so it is, you know, it, it's a really interesting discussion on that kind of how how other creatives and humans talk about products and, and content. And I can, you know, I can see that use case in Web3 working really well. Um, but, you know, also uh, we so have a new gig economy. You know, I think the gig economy is on the rise Yeah, where people this is what we can see now also with move to earn with play to earn, you know. Um, uh, that all of this uh, new concepts of the gig economy are on the rise. People want to just earn with whatever they are doing daily. Yeah, And now you can earn with your workout session and you can earn uh, with, uh, you know, gaming and um, 
Therefore, this is um, an empowering people to earn by just basically living and consuming. And so, um, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Because I remember I was doing a presentation and the first slide was, you know, and I'm not making anything critical here, but the first slide was the Instagram terms of service which basically say everything you post belongs to us. Now, you know, Instagram has, has helped a lot of people. It's done some great stuff, but it was just an, an amazing statement. And hopefully at one point, the idea of creators giving their copyright away or spending hours on Twitch, hundreds of hours on Twitch until they reach scale, producing content that doesn't possibly will earn them anything, or if it does, it earns them cents on the dollar that is a big problem and hopefully it will change in future, but also hopefully it will be mark the beginnings of a very new form of digital economy that is global and that is based out of cities of Dubai. So, you know, we're getting towards the end of our time, but I guess my final question is, what do you think is the future of, of, of the digital economy? And what do you think are the most excitable thing, exciting things coming forward in the metaverse and in the digital economy generally? And do you think, creators rather than platforms will be the future of that economy? Um, wow, <laughs> so many <laughs> questions in one, but I try uh, to give a, you know, my perspective and outlook, but uh, at the end we have seen over the last, you know, 20 years, how the digital space got more and more important in our daily life, you know, also with a mobile phone in our hand and information at our fingertips um, we are spending more time in the digital world uh, sometimes than really in the physical world. Uh, I, I truly, truly believe that things are going to merge. Uh, things are getting more blurred between the physical world and the digital world. And um, there are so many opportunities. Um, the question is, how are we defining the creator Right. So far, we always think about the creator as someone creative who is um, uh, creating artwork, who is creating a video, who's creating music. But I really believe in um, everyone being a creator, also a creator of daily data. And uh, if you could monetize your daily data, your, you know, every move and every step and every um, whatever you're doing, you know, purchasing groceries, um, uh, watching some content, rating some stuff, helping to curate, um, or just, you know, allowing people access to your health data or whatever. I mean, you can monetize every little bit of your daily life. And I think this is where things are heading towards that you can really... Um, start monetizing your whole you know life and um basically every every step that you're doing and you will be able to monetize it in the physical world along with everything in the digital world mm, it's like mirror realities and mirror cities and that whole debate well melanie thanks so much for your time today before we end what is next for superverse where what is happening with the conference next yeah, so we have the next edition coming up this time in Mexico City, 20 and 21st of August. Super excited about this. But we are also for sure heading back to Dubai and to the UAE for another edition. And so um, the next one is already this year because it was so successful. We had such a great kickoff here in Dubai in the Dubai Festival Arena. It was such a great uh, experience and everyone said, 
Melanie and team, you need to take this to the next level and uh, we want to have another Superverse. Uh, we decided to already do it now in Mexico City, but uh, definitely uh, we are coming back to Dubai uh, and um, this is where everything started. Well, looking forward to that. And uh, Melanie, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Have a great day. Sponsor information. The UAE Tech Podcast is distributed by Albuaba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Albuaba Business, syndication distribution on Albuaba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Albuaba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.